everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime suspense and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service, you're in complete control of your own podcast, you can run it from your own website, and it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Today, making her second visit to the show is the author of the Detective Oliver Parrot Mysteries and other books that we'll be discussing. She's a former educator who's written for children and adults. It's my pleasure to have with me Sarah Lynn Richard. Hi, Sarah Lynn. I'm really happy to see you again. Thank you, Debbie, and thanks for having me on your show. Sure thing. And by the way, as Fernando would say, you look marvelous, darling. (laughs) (laughs) You do indeed. Um, I am almost finished with your second Oliver Parrot book. Uh, Will you be writing more of those? I'm currently writing the third Oliver Parrot book. Excellent. Yes, He, he is still whispering in my ear. So as long as he continues to do that, I'll be recording what he's telling me. Uh, Can you give us a hint as to what the book is about? Well, it's also set in Brandywine Valley. And uh, the working title for the book is Inheritance Blues. And it has to do with a meth lab and a Ponzi scheme. And... uh, a really um, famous old lady whose children have interest in her, in what they're going to inherit from her. And I think it's going to all come together in a really interesting book. So Sounds I just started with it. it it's, it's just in the very beginning stages. I think I've written two chapters, so... <laughs> Sounds fascinating. Okay. Um, in, in the latest novel, I noticed that uh, Oliver's wife, Tanya, makes an appearance. And she has served with the military and come back from deployment and has PTSD. Did you do a lot of research on that topic? Yes, I did. Um, and Tanya was a, an important character in the first book. 
as well, but she was do still doing her tour of duty in Afghanistan. So she couldn't be as big of a part of the picture as she was in A Palette for Love and Murder. Um, there she's really right up there with the main characters and um, her PTSD takes front and center spot and uh, becomes a big part of the plot. So I don't know how far along you are, but um, it's super relevant to what Parrot is investigating. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty far along, so I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> She's a very interesting character, and I like the way you handled that issue. Um, I do hope you write uh, yeah, I was hopeful that you would write the third one, because uh, if the first book was great for gourmands, the second one made me want to take up art. <laughs> well, the Brandywine Valley, it, which is located outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, is just full of subjects to write about. And the first book really involved the horse community there and there's there are avid horsemen who um, ride they show they do fox hunting they do lots and lots of horse activities and it's a horse community and uh, then there's the art community and you may have heard of Andrew Wyeth and his family those uh, the Wyeths are a big part of the art community in Brandywine Valley. There's a museum there called the Brandywine River Museum of Fine Arts, and it features a lot of the artists that live there, but a lot of the Wyeths are featured there. So there's a big art community in Brandywine Valley. The light is beautiful. The country is beautiful. It's a great place to paint, especially landscapes. And so um, I wanted the second book, A Palette for Love and Murder, to involve that art community. And now the third book, as I told you, is going to be something different. So I, I'm trying to uh, paint a picture of this community that is just absolutely exquisite. Um, it's peaceful, it's gorgeous, it's wholesome, and it's the last place you would expect a murder to take place. So I'm really fascinated with that as a setting. And I have to say that the people who live there and work there have opened up their minds and their hearts to me. And they have shared a lot with me and they've really made me feel like I'm a member of the community. So I do a lot of research. I've made a lot of friends there and it's just the greatest place to write about. Wow, that's really interesting because you're located in Texas, am I right? That's right. So it's fascinating right. your interest in this particular community and the way they've opened up to you. You must have done quite a bit of research for that. Well, I have a family member that lives there. And so I have visited there many times. And that's really how things got started. I went to a party like the party in Murder in the 1%. It 
It was a really fancy, elegant, fabulous party. And that's when I got the first idea that this would be a great setting for a murder mystery because you would just not expect a murder to take place in a setting like this. And uh, since that time, I, you know, I've met people. I talk about the Hunt Magazine in both of the books. I have mentioned the Hunt Magazine and that is the big local magazine for the area. And the people who work for that magazine, the staff and, um, all of the editors and so on have invited me to some of their events. They have shared their magazine with me. Um, and I get a lot of research from their magazines too. So it's just really wonderful. It is, it's fantastic. Uh, let's see. What about your latest book? Your latest book is called A Murder of Principle. What is this book about? Well, that's a standalone mystery, and it takes place in a large urban high school. And it starts off when a new principal has been hired from the outside to bring in change. And nobody, no institutions like change, but schools are especially notorious for resisting change. So this maverick principal comes in and he's got all these grand ideas about student-centered change. And he meets with resistance from every corner. So there are teachers, there are students, there are faculty association personnel, there, there are gangs in the area, um, there's sexual harassment issues, there's uh, grievances against him, and uh, he has to face all of these things and, and also a murder. It's interesting because it's such a different setting than the Brandywine Valley Mysteries, and you tackle some tough issues in a rather fearless way, I think. So, um, well, really, uh, a Murder of Principle is my most personal book that I've written so far because I spent a couple of decades in urban high schools and um, I had to do the least amount of research for that book because I lived all of those issues and, um, and I always had it in my mind to write about them in a way that would not be, um, that would be fictional, that would be fun, that would be um, quirky, there would be quirky characters, but under, underneath it all are some very real social issues that a school must go through, must deal with. And a school is just, a microcosm of society at large. So all of the problems and jealousies and competitions and, and uh, social problems, those are all in the school too. And there's a lot of drama that takes place in a school every single day. I'm, I'm a little surprised that more people don't set their, their books in schools because there, 
the school is just a rich environment for stories. There are, as I like to say, there are a million stories beyond the flagpole. And, and so I tried to tap into those in a murder principle. Yes, that's absolutely true what you're saying about schools. Um, I've seen it in books set in universities too, colleges, mm -hmm. universities, same kind of thing. It's a community, it's like a small town. It's mm -hmm. all of what you're saying, yeah, but all of those issues are there in microcosm. Wow. Um, so this will be a standalone then. And yes. you also have another book called Bad Blood Sisters. Right, that will be coming out in March, and that's also a standalone. And it's a mystery thriller. So it's the first time I've really dabbled into writing a thriller. And it's also the first book that I've written that is written entirely from a single point of view. So I, I wanted to stretch myself as a writer and I wanted to tackle that. And I had a lot of fun doing that. The main character is somebody that I really identify with. Um, and by the end of the book, some, so many of the things that happened to her in this book, they happened to me, not that they did in real life, but they, as I wrote the book, they were happening to me. And sometimes I was feeling pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. Um, so this is a first person perspective in a thriller. It's not written in first person point of view, it's in third person uh, deep point of view, but it's every single chapter, every single scene is written from this one main character's point of view. Interesting. And it's a thriller. Wow. Also a standalone, I take it. Right. And it'll be out in March. Right. It'll be out in March. Okay. And you're now working on the third Oliver Parrot. So good. Good, good, good. All good. And uh, what are you reading that you'd recommend? Well, I, I just, let's see. I have so many books here that I've been reading. Um, just for fun, I picked up a, a Mary Higgins Clark book because sometimes I relax with her books. They're just quick and easy to read. And um, I love to see the way, the way she writes. And I know I can, can expect something light when I pick up a Mary Higgins Clark book. So I'm in the middle of that right now. I just read uh, for as a review for a book that's coming out about another book that takes place in a school called Thoughts and Prayers. And that book uh, deals with the very difficult topic of school shootings. And um, it, that was a, an extremely moving book for me and uh, gripping. And th that too, I think is an important book for people to read even if it's not a subject that, um, that one might run to, it's, it's got some fabulous um, messages for people. I, I just think it's a great book. Thoughts and prayers. 
uh, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, that is another very timely and important topic. Um, what are your hobbies other than reading? Reading and writing are my two, two most important hobbies, especially with the pandemic going on. Um, but I also love, um, I live in a beach town. I live on an island. And so I love walking on the beach. I love being out in nature. I love gardening. I, I love cooking. Um, I love games, especially word games. I play a lot of those. I do puzzles. Um, I don't have a lot of spare time, but when I do have spare time, I'm doing one of those things. And I also have two dogs and one of them is an old English sheepdog. And I wrote, my very first book was about her. And she, it has become, you can see it in the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she has become famous in the local area. We, before the pandemic, we went around to schools and parades and all kinds of events with her. And she's the uh, tourism ambassador dog for our city. So that is also a very big hobby that my husband and I have of showing her, taking her, and she's really almost a service dog to kids. She bonds with kids. She just radiates when she's around kids. And the pandemic has been very hard on her. She likes being around people. Right, right. She's, wow. she's an adored dog. I mean, she's, in a way, she reminds me of Miss Piggy but there's nothing obnoxious about her. She's just really fluffy and fun. Oh, that's great. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Well, I, I just love um, this whole writer's adventure. And I love talking to you, Debbie. It's, this is my second time on, but I feel like we're friends and it's just so easy to talk to you and you have such good questions. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being part of the uh, writer adventure. And thank you to ev everyone who's listening. Thank you too. And uh, I'll see you in the books. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, with that, I will just add that we are Patreon supported. And I'm also participating in a fundraiser for the Dystonia Medical Research Foundation. You can find the link to my fundraiser page below this video and below the podcast uh, show notes in the show notes. Dystonia, as I may have mentioned, is the third most common movement disorder after Parkinson's and tremors. And so many medical professionals don't even know about it or have never, no, have never heard of it. So treatments and a full understanding of the condition are essential. I have dystonia, so that's my personal uh, state in this. In any case, um, do check it out. And uh, meanwhile, I'll see you in two weeks when my next guest will be Stephen Max Russo. Take care in the meantime and happy reading.